and you can share with them the gospel, the good news of how they can come into a glorious relationship with God. Because that's what it's all about, living so that somebody else can live. First, giving honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to God our Father. Amen. We celebrate him today and tend to our bishop, the bishop of our area, Bishop Darrell B. Starnes, Sr. Amen. And to his lovely missionary supervisor, Sister Camille Starnes, and to Reverend Taisha Cutberson, and to the officers and family and friends of these two great churches, and Sister Crow, amen, we greet you as well. And I bring you greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. Our scripture text this morning for, uh, was read by uh, Reverend Cutberson from 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. I want to go back to that chapter and look at verses 31 through 33. 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, verses 31 through 33. If you have it, say amen. And that verse, or those verses read as follows. So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or to the church of God. I too try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that, my, so that many may be saved. Amen. I do what's best for many so that others may be saved. I want to share today from the subject of giving our best matters. Giving our best matters. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we thank you. We bless you. We recognize, God, that we have entered into your presence. And we ask now, God, that you would pour out your anointing, pour out that fresh unction of your Holy Spirit. Fill me afresh, O oh God. Use me for your will and for your glory. And then I pray, God, that you would anoint your people afresh to hear and receive. I pray, Father, that you would come in all of your glory and have your way. And I ask, God, that you would open our ears and help us to listen. Open our eyes, for we want to see Jesus. Then open our hearts that we might receive him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Blessed Holy Ghost. Amen. Giving our best matters. I don't know if you were ever in Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts, but I found my way into the Boy Scouts. Amen. And, and we had this uh, thing that we had to do. We had to learn the Boy Scout uh, oath, and and as you had to learn that oath, it there's a part of it, and as I go back and reflect on it, because I've thought about it early this week, and I tried to remember how that oath went, and on my honor, I will do my best 
to honor, to do my duty to God and my country and to obey the scout law, to help other people at all times, to keep myself physically strong and mentally awake and morally straight. As a scout, you had to learn that and we would have to stand and with our little uniforms on and repeat that oath as part of being in the Boy Scouts. And it was intended to teach us some good principles and morals that we could live by and carry throughout the life in which we live. Now, I must admit, I was in the Boy Scouts, but I can't say that I've lived up to the entire oath all my life. I fell short. Like many of us seem to sometimes fall short, even today. But I recognize that it was intended to teach me to put forth my best effort, to put forth my best foot in life. And even as we think about today, ask yourself, how am I living? Am I giving my best? Am I putting my best foot forward in this life that I'm living? Now, you don't have to answer out loud, but just think about how you are doing and how you're living in this life that you are living. The best that we can give is what we should do. The best life that we can live is what we should be presenting to the world. There's a quote by Frank Sornberg who said, you don't have to be the best but you should always do your best. Many of us sometimes think that we have to be the best at something, that sometimes you just have to do your best. Because sometimes your best is good enough. And sometimes when we're doing our best, it means that we're striving to do something that is good, which we're striving to do and bring forth that which is beneficial. But if I'm not giving my best, if I'm not sharing that which is beneficial with others, then what am I putting in the world? What am I offering to the world? We should all want to put our best out there in the world. We should all want to put our best foot forward, put our best efforts into whatever it is that we're doing in life. Amen. Now, now we have to be honest, and, and, and most of us have either said these words or we have thought them in our head. You know, they ask you at the job to do a little something extra. Amen. And you may have said the words, I don't get paid enough for that. Amen. You may have been asked to train somebody and, and, and it became challenging as you began to train that individual and, and, and you began to express words that showed that you were discontent with the situation. And, and, and you said, you know what, this is not something that I want to do and I'm not going to do it anymore. But let me ask you this. Is it our best? I know they may have asked you to do something that you feel like you're not being compensated for, but is it, does it mean that you do less or that you still strive to do your best? I share with people all the time that come to work where I work and I, and I, and I tell them that one of the things you got to make sure you do is make yourself an asset and not a liability. Mm -hmm. 
Because what happens is many times is we go on to a job and we go on with a, an, an attitude. We go on with, with, with a mindset. And, and as we go on that job and we work with that attitude and we work with that mindset, we wound up not giving our best. Well, guess what happens when it comes time for the layoffs to come? Guess what happens when it's time for them to get rid of someone? That means that they may be looking at us because we have not given our best. So I've learned a long time ago to make myself a liability and not, uh, or make myself an asset and not a liability. Because the more things that I could do, the more things that I had an understanding of, I became an asset. And, and when I run into people who say, I'm not doing all of that, and I began to share with them, well, the more you know how to do, the better off you are. The, the more that they can trust you with, the better off you are. And, and even if they don't appreciate it, you should understand that it builds you as an individual. Hallelujah. Think about it. When you learn a new task, when you learn a new skill set, it makes you better. That means that you've got more to offer. That, that means that you have something else to bring to the table. That means that you can be better in other areas of life and better in other areas. And people may depend upon you even more because you've learned a new skill set and now you become better. But even if we become better in the things that we do and the understanding that we have, it's still possible that we don't give our best. I'm determined to give my best. I'm determined to give my best to the church. I'm determined to give my best in everything that I do. I'm determined to give my best. It doesn't mean that I always succeed, but when I fail, I desire to do better. When we come up short in doing our best, don't give up, but desire to do better. There's still something else that can come out of me. There's still more that can come out. I can still be better than what I was. Even when I've given my best, I can strive to be better. Amen. When we understand that it's our duty, it's our responsibility to give the best that we can give because our best matters. You see, we give our best to glorify God while considering and blessing God others. One of the reasons that we give our best is so that we glorify God and that we consider and bless other people. When we look at our text, one of the things that we ought to see out of our text in that 31st verse is that your best glorifies God. When you give your best, it glorifies God. Notice what that text says in that 31st verse. So whatever, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Paul shares here in those, that verse and he starts off by saying, whatever you eat or drink. If you've ever read this particular book before, you know that Paul is dealing with some, some challenges that arose in the Corinthian church about eating food that was offered to idols. And, and Paul goes on to challenge them as uh, you heard Reverend Cuppelson read the, the text and he says that if somebody tells you that it's been offered to idols, then don't partake of it. He says, but if nobody asks you or tells you, don't ask. 
Because sometimes people have a weaker conscience and, and, and it may bother them and it may be wrong for them, but it may not be wrong for you. But, but don't allow your strength or don't allow the freedom that you have to override the weaker conscience of that brother or sister. So Paul is showing them that it doesn't matter whether you eat or drink. And then I'm so glad that he throws in or whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. The part that we need to make sure that we get is that whatever we do, that we do it to the glory of God. When we do something, we do it for God's glory. Amen. Everything that we do can bring glory unto God. When we do it with the right mind, we do it with the right heart, we're giving our best, we can bring glory unto God. Every day that we walk out of the house, every day that we make our way out into this world, that's why we should give and do our best because we have an opportunity to bring glory unto God. When we go out of the doors every day, we have to demonstrate a level of faith that we, uh, that we show that we are glorifying God because when we go out into this world, we've got to live by faith. And we've got to demonstrate a level of faith that shows that God is moving in our life and that God is demonstrating and showing his activity in the life that we live. Because when I go out into the world and they know that I'm a Christian and I began to live a life of faith and when I began to talk to people and share with them about the goodness of the Lord and they say, well, why do you trust the God the way that you trust him? That's because he's been good to me. It's because he's moved in my life in some ways that I never expected. It's because I know that if I trust in him, that he won't leave me or forsake me, or that he won't let me down. So I demonstrate faith as I go out into the world. And I must make sure that I'm demonstrating faith at a level that it shows that I'm glorifying God because I'm trusting him. I'm believing in him. I'm honoring him with the life that I live. And, and, and even in our worship, we've got to make sure that we're giving the deepest worship that we can give. Because we glorify God even in our worship. We've got to keep in mind and understand that when we come to church, it's not about us. Amen, lights. It's not about us. But we make it about us. When we come to church, it's about God. When we come to church, it's about the Lord. When we come to church, we didn't come to glorify each other, but we came to glorify God. We came to lift up our voices in song and praise and adoration. We come to pray to our Heavenly Father. We come to magnify His holy name. We come that we might exalt Him. We come that we might bless Him in the house and bless Him in the sanctuary. And as we come with our mind set on God, as we come with our mind stayed on Jesus, and as we bless Him with everything that is within us, it's because we come to glorify the Lord. I like you and I'm glad you showed up, but I came for the Lord. I came that I might be a part of the worship. I came that I might lift up the name of Jesus. I came that I might glorify my heavenly father. I came that I might celebrate him one more time. I came because I never know when will be my last day. 
And I don't want to say the last time I was in church, I didn't do it right. And when I, the last time I was in church, I half-heartedly worshiped. The last time I was in church, I really wasn't focused on the Lord. I want to know that when I've come to church the last time, I don't know when it'll be, but I can say that I gave it all to Jesus. I can say that I, I gave my praise unto the Lord. I can say that I worshiped God with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind, and all of my being. Because I love the Lord and I want to give him glory and I want to make sure that he's glorified above all things. So we understand that when we do this and, and one of the things that we understand is when we began to let the light shine in our life through our testimony, through our living, that we glorify God. It said, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. That's what it tells us in Matthew 5 and 16, that as we live our life, we glorify our father in heaven. We bring glory to his name because he is the one worthy of all glory. We bring glory to his name because he is the one who is worthy of all praise. We bring glory to him because he alone is worthy. And when we bring glory unto him and when we show him that he is worthy of our praise, when we show him that he's worthy of our devotion, when we show him that we got him first in our heart and first in our mind, when we show him that we're putting him first in everything that we do, God will be blessed and God will be glorified because your best glorifies God and your best matters. But not only must we understand that your best glorifies God, as we look at that 32nd verse, we can understand, too, your best does not offend. That's right. Your best does not offend. Now. I hate to tell you this, but sometimes Christians can be offensive. I know I'm telling y'all something new that y'all ain't never heard this before, that y'all never experienced this before. Y'all ain't never ran into any offensive Christians. I know this is something new to you, and, and, and you, this is your first time hearing this, and it shocked you so to learn that Christians can be offensive. But we've got to understand when we give our best, it does not offend. When I give my best, it shouldn't offend anyone. When I'm giving my life and sharing my life with the world, I shouldn't offend anybody. And that word offend me, or offends me to cause to stumble or to sin. As I'm living my life, it shouldn't cause somebody else to stumble. As I'm living my life, it shouldn't cause somebody else to sin. If I'm causing somebody else to stumble or sin, I'm creating an offense. When we understand that we live for the betterment and the well-being of others, that's what should motivate us, is that we're living for the betterment and the well-being of others. Notice what it says in that 30-second verse. Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles, or the church of God. To Jews, Gentiles, or to the church of God. Wherever you go, whoever you run into, whether saved or unsaved, in the church or out of the church, don't give an offense or be an offense to them. But help them to see the glory of God. Help them to see 
that God is available to them. Help them to see that God is there for them. Unfortunately, we live in a society that promotes selfishness. We live in a society that promotes selfishness amongst individual people, that we look out for ourselves and not anyone else. Amen. That we look out for me and mine and that's it, and, and everybody else got to fend for themselves. What happened to looking out for our brothers or sisters? What happened to being our brother or sister's keeper? What happened to being able to reach into somebody else's life and be of service and of aid unto them? Don't forget, one day it could be you. One day it could be us on the end of that need. One day it could be us waiting for somebody to pour into our lives. One day it could be us waiting on somebody to, to have mercy or to have some pity upon us. One day it could be us. So sow your seeds while you got a chance. Sow your seeds while you got an opportunity. And then we wonder why there's so many things that are gone wrong in our society when we don't consider other people. When we don't worry about the needs of others and we wonder what's wrong with our society. When we got a world full of selfish people, when we got a world full of people that are no willing to share themselves with others, when we got a world full of people who are no longer willing to share their resources with others, that's what we get, this world that we're living in today. Everybody's out for self. Everybody's out to see what they can get. Nobody wants to come to somebody else's rescue or aid, but what's in it for me? And even if you do try to help somebody, you're still asking the question, what's in it for me? What's in it for you is to bring God glory. What's in it for you is to know that you've done something on behalf of somebody else that blessed their life. What it does for you, it shows that you're not going to be an offense or a stumbling block or causing someone to sin. But where is the concern for others, that, that willingness to sacrifice for others, that, that willingness to, to come alongside them, that willingness to, to give of ourselves, to give of our time, our talent, and our resources, that somebody else's life might be better, that somebody else's life might grow and flourish. We've got to understand giving our best matters. And when we understand that it's, it's my living that causes others sometimes to stumble. Am I living in a way that causes somebody to stumble? Am I living in a way that causes somebody else to sin? Hallelujah. Paul also deals with the Corinthians about hypocrisy. About them being hypocrites. About them saying one thing and doing another. Amen. When we understand that I can't live a hypocritical life, I can't run around telling you that you got to be holy, you got to be righteous, but then I'm living unholy and I'm living unrighteous. I can't be a hypocrite. If I'm telling you to live holy, then I got to learn to live holy myself. Or I got to close my mouth and never tell you to do anything. But if I'm trying to tell you to live holy, and if I'm living holy, and if I'm putting forth my best effort, if I'm putting forth my best foot because I want to be an example to you, I want to live holy before you, and I want you to live a holy and righteous life. If I'm telling you to check yourself, but I'm not checking myself, then I'm being hypocritical. 
I've got to understand that God wants us to help others and he wants us to give our best so that other people's lives can be better. But when we're not willing to give our best, when we're not willing to share our best with others, don't be surprised when things go wrong. Don't be surprised when, when things show up that we didn't expect. Don't be surprised when, when this world begins to turn upside down because we've got a bunch of people who are selfish and not willing to give of themselves their times or their talents. Our concern is for all people, both inside and outside the church. Amen. If we are only concerned about the brothers and sisters in the house, what happens to that world out there? If we're only concerned about the people in the house, if we're only concerned about who's going to heaven from in here, what happens to the people out there? If we're only concerned about how the well-being is going for those inside the house and we're walking past all kinds of issues on the outside. What happens to them? We've got to learn to have a heart for those who are in the house and those who are outside of the house. If we don't have a, a, a heart for those outside of the church, then what are we doing? The last time I checked, the reason that we gather here is that we glorify God, we magnify God, and we uh, exalt him, and, but we're encouraged and motivated and strengthened as we come together as the body of Christ. And as we leave this place motivated and strengthened and encouraged, we go out into a dying world and we tell them about the goodness of the Lord. We go out into a dying world and we tell them that there is help. We go out into a dying world and we tell them that there is an answer because we found the answer and his name is Jesus. But if we're not willing to share Jesus with the world, if we're not willing to take our best out into the world and give it to them, then what are we doing? The best that you got is Jesus. And if you can't take him to the world, if you can't take him outside of these four walls, if you can't take him and share him with the rest of the world, then what are we doing? We've got to learn to share the goodness of the Lord and share it with a dying world because God determined long ago that we were a part of the reconciliation work that he started. And if we are saying we are part of that reconciliation work, that we've got to be doing our best here in the church and outside the church that the world might see. And as they see, they can receive. Amen. Amen. We've got to make sure that we're seeking the welfare of others. We live and we love with a concern for all people. We live and we love with a concern for all people. Who are you concerned about? Who are you concerned about? Are the only people we're concerned about are the people that have the same blood flowing through their bodies as we do? In case you that's the people that's in your bloodline. Are we only concerned about those who have the, the, the same skin color as we do? Amen. The last I checked, he said, whosoever will. It doesn't matter your skin color. It, it doesn't matter whether you're male or female, it doesn't matter. He said, whosoever. And when we learn that it's whosoever that we've got to share the world with, it's whosoever that we've got to share God with, it's the whosoever that we've got to give our best to so that they can experience this God that we serve. When we understand that we have to have a love 
and concern for all people, no matter who they are. You never know who God will send you to. You never know who God will lead you to that you might be intended to be a blessing in their life, that you might be intended to give the best that you have unto them, that they might experience God on the other end. But we've got to start by not offending by the life that we live. But then we have to look at that 33rd verse, and, and in verse 33, we understand that your best blesses others. Your best blesses others. If you're not motivated to do your best, understand that your best will bless somebody else. Look at that 33rd verse, and it says, to try to please, I try to please all everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that they, that many may be saved. I don't do just what's best for me, but I do what's best so that others might experience it and that they be saved. Your best blesses others. If you're not motivated to give your best, understand that my life is intended to bless God and my life is intended to be a blessing for others. I, I like the way Bishop often said, we, we have been, the, he blesses the few to be a, uh, the few to be a blessing to the many. We, we, we got to realize that we may be a part of the few. We may be a part of those that God has chosen that we might bless the world. That we might be a blessing to many. And it starts with us understanding that we've got to try to live the best life that we can and give the best that we possibly can in everything that we do. I try to please everyone in everything that I do. Now, we may not please everyone, but I'm striving to live a life that is pleasing, first of all, to God. And then as I live a life that is pleasing unto God and that life then becomes pleasing to those down here in the world because they look at the life that I'm living and that they see that I'm giving the best that I've got. They see that I'm living the best life. Your best is an example to others. Can you encourage others to follow the example of your living? Hallelujah. Are people willing to follow the example that I lay out? Are people seeing the example that I'm laying out as a good example? Are they willing to follow the lead that I'm giving? Are they willing to give themselves in the same manner in which I'm giving? We give our best in an effort that we might seek the good of other people. Everything that we do that, that, that is beneficial and good and wholesome, we try to do it so that it blesses someone else. We try to do it so that it will be a blessing in the life of someone else. We don't just live a life for ourselves, but we're living for the person next to us. We're living for the person down the street. We're living for the person that we'll run into tomorrow. We're living for the person that we'll run into two months from now. We're living a life pleasing unto the Lord that we might be a blessing to others. You see, we give our best. And the ultimate purpose of us giving our best is so that others can experience the saving grace of God. The reason that we strive to do our best, the reason that we give our best, the reason that we put our best foot forward is so that others can experience that saving grace of Almighty God. It's when they see our lives. 
It's when they see the work that we're doing, the work that we're putting in behalf of our Heavenly Father. It's when they see that our best glorifies God. It's when they see that our best is not offensive or offending. They see that our best is intended to promote life in them and to promote good life in them. When they see that, they'll begin to say, what is it that's going on in your life and how can I get it? But if we're living a life where nobody wants to have a part of it, we're living a life where nobody wants to exemplify what we're living. If we're living a life that nobody wants to follow, then we've got to check ourselves. If I'm living a life that is a pleasing to the Lord, I'm living a life that is striving to do the will of God. I'm living a life that glorifies the father in heaven. Then somebody ought to see the life that I'm living and say, what is it that you got that I don't have? What is it that you're doing that I'm not doing? And that's when you can tell them that you're living to glorify God. I'm living so that I might be a blessing to this world. I'm living that you might be able to have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you can share with them the gospel the good news of how they can come into a glorious relationship with God because that's what it's all about living so that somebody else can live hallelujah living so somebody else can live there's enough people dying but are we willing to help somebody live and the way that we help somebody live is by living the best that we can, by living the best that we can according to the will and the power of God, by living the best life that we can before our heavenly father, glorifying him so that somebody else can experience saving grace in Jesus Christ. It's when they experience that saving faith. It's when they experience that goodness of the Lord. It's when they experience that then we know we've done what we're supposed to do. When we are leading folk to Christ, we know that we're living the way that we're supposed to live and we've done what we're supposed to do because we've let our best be an example unto them that we might show them the right way to go, that we might show them the right things to do and that is to put their life in the hands of God and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. When we've shown them that this is the way that we must go, this is the what God desires from us, that we come into a right relationship with him and we show them that relationship through our living. We show them that relationship by what we do. We show that relationship by whatever we do, we do it to the glorification of Almighty God. By whatever we do, we do it with our best. We put our best foot forward that we might share with them how God wants to save their soul. But if we're not willing to do that, then what are we living for? And I like what Paul says in that 11th chapter, that first verse. He said, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Hallelujah. We're supposed to follow the example of Christ. Christ sacrificed his life. He gave his best on behalf of the Father. And when you look at the cross at Calvary, it's an exemplification of what it means to give our best and that our best matters. It's because God looked out upon humanity and he realized that they needed something to save them. They needed to have a relationship with him because that relationship had been broken. And the way back was through his son, Jesus Christ. So on the cross at Calvary, God allowed his son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place. On the cross at Calvary, God allowed his son, Jesus Christ, to suffer and bleed and die on our behalf so that we might have a right relationship with him. It's on the cross at Calvary that God gave the best that he had. It's on the cross at Calvary that God sacrificed his only begotten son, the best that he had. And as he sacrificed his son on the cross at Calvary, as he gave his best on behalf of humanity, he wasn't concerned about himself, 
but he was willing to give it up for humanity. And because he was willing to give his life for humanity, he died on the cross that day. And because he was willing to be stretched out wide, and because he was willing to have nails driven in his hand and in his feet, because he was willing to hang there and die on our behalf, we have a right to the tree of life. All because of what he was willing to do. All because he was willing to sacrifice his life. All because he was willing to live his best life here on earth. All because he gave his best that we might be uh, the ones that receive salvation in the end. He did it all for us. He didn't do it just for himself, but he did it all for us. And he glorified the Father because when he went to the cross at Calvary, they said he must be the Son of God. It brought glory unto the Father. And while the Father was being glorified and the Son was showing that there is no longer an offense because he's dealt with sin, he's dealt with humanity's sin all one time. And because he's done so, we now have a right to the tree of life. We now have a right to have a relationship with God Almighty through his son, Jesus Christ, because he was willing to die on the cross at Calvary. And he did it just for you. He did it just for me. It didn't matter what it cost him, but he was willing to do it just for us. And because he died on our behalf and because he put his best foot forward, we got to live our best lives. We got to make sure that we're living the best that we can because our best matters. Our best matters. Are you living the best that you can? Are you serving the best that you can? Are you worshiping the best that you can? Are you looking out for hum other humans at the best that you can? Are you taking in consideration with love the best that you can for your brothers and your sisters? Our best matters. So give your best. Give your best so that others might see and receive Christ. Because that's what it's all about. We give our best so that God could be glorified. We give our best so that we can help lead others away from the offense of sin. We give our best so that others in the end might be blessed because God did it for us when he sent his son Jesus to the cross at Calvary. Now are you willing to give your best so that somebody else can experience the saving grace of our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Maybe there's one here today you've not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. God gave his best for you. He sent the best that he had to the cross at Calvary. There's never been a man like Jesus. He went on our behalf. He didn't... Say, Father, they're not worth it. But he went to that cross on our behalf. He had a right to say they're not worth it. But he went to that cross for you and for me. Would you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior? Would you accept him into your life? that he may begin to lead you down a new road, a new path. You recognize the road that you've been on is not the right road. You recognize the way that you've been living is not the way to live. Now it's time to try a new way, the way of God, the way of salvation. Come, receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? 
Come and accept Jesus into your life. He's waiting on you. He wants to bless you. He wants to save you. He wants to show you that there is a better way. Is there one? Is there one? Thank you for tuning in today. We pray that this message was a blessing to you. If it was, drop us an email at wesleyonmain at yahoo.com. That's wesleyonmain at yahoo.com to let us know how this message has touched your life. Until next time, God bless.